Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the Fogelmest Files. My name is Jake Fogelmest. I'm a professional. Here's what the show is. I found a bunch of stuff. Old clips of stuff. Remember when you would, like, flick through the dials on TV? Some of you probably don't remember that because you're tweens. But us old people, we used to flick through the dials. There used to be a show called Night Flight on USA in the middle of the night where they just show random stuff. And it was the best. Back a long time ago, if you wanted to see cool things on television or hear a cool record, you had to search for it. Now you can just go on YouTube and find it. And it's the greatest and also the worst. Well, I have gone through uh, my extensive archives and the internets, and I've put together a bunch of random clips, and that's what I will do each month at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And I'll be joined by a panel of hilarious people. On this first episode, I'm joined by Julie Klausner, who you know from her hilarious podcast, How Was Your Week, and her book, I Don't Care About Your Band, and Chris Gethard from The Chris Gethard Show, which is on public access, which is where I started. Chris has got a religious cult that he's running in New York City. It's very scary. This first episode of The Fogelmest Files was recorded at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater East in New York City as part of the CBGB's Festival. And you're going to hear a lot of cool stuff. If you want to see the visual component of it, we will put up clips on our website, Earwolf.com. Without further ado, from New York City, Julie Klausner, Chris Gethard, and Jake Fogelmest, professional. This is the first episode of The Fogelmest Files. Please welcome to the stage your host, Jake Fogelnest. Everybody. Welcome uh, to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater East. My name is Jake Fogelnest. We're going to have a civilized discussion about punk rock. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, yes, Julie Klausner is here, and uh, Chris Gethard is here. You're not as excited about uh, uh, Chris Gethard. I know, she's very, very funny. She will be out here in like two seconds. Do you want me to just bring her out now? Okay. She, she, oh, she's a delightful young lady. No, I have assembled a really hardcore punk rock uh, uh, panel tonight. Like, if you think about, like, who's more hardcore punk rock than me, Julie, and Chris? Wait, let, let, let's bring them out. Uh, Chris Gethard and Julie Klausner, everybody. Look at this. Don't call the cops. No one be intimidated. Hi, you guys. Hello. Hi, Jake. Thank you for being here. We're, we're going to... Uh, Jake, I want to thank you for accurately noting that the crowd was not excited that I was here tonight. <laughs> I, was I 
I'm say, excited. You're she here. did not seem, with well. all due respect, she did not seem as excited about she you. She wasn't, but Jake, it wasn't just her. It was the collective. <laughs> um, I like the drinking since breakfast crowd. That's generally the <laughs> fan base I attract. I like it, though. Did you did you sit as close to Julie as possible so you could scare her as much as possible? <laughs> I want to make it clear. You're not part of the show for the rest of the night. <laughs> Let me be, no, 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 because it is a punk rock show. Just you behave. All right. Simmer down now. You guys remember that funny sketch? I oh, love yeah. Simmer, yeah. Down. Simmer down, down, down now. Character. This guy's, how you doing? All right, good. He's got beer. All right, cool. So we're, we're drinking. What I've done as I found a bunch of uh, old clips of uh, punk rock stuff uh, from, from yesteryear. That's, a, that's an expression <laughs> I'm comfortable using. Um, basically, stuff from the 80s and 70s, and uh, I will show them to you, and uh, we, will, we will comment about them. Uh, and I think that this first clip just sort of sets the tone of, uh, of the show we're going to do this evening. I've seen beatniks, hippies, and flower children. I've heard Guthrie, the Beatles, and the Stones. It seems the musical fashions change with each new batch of students that come into my classroom, but musical styles are still a very important form of communication for our young people. Hi, I'm Joe Feinstein, and today on Teen Talk, we've invited a group of punk rockers and new wavers and all kinds of rock and rollers to talk with us about their extreme forms of communication. Welcome, panel. Welcome to Teen Talk. I'm wondering what kind of music Team talk on (laughs) A discussion with host Joe Feinstein and several teenagers on the subject of punk music. Um, I like Axe a lot, and that's like well-known. And I like the Urban Gorillas, which are getting out there. And Moocher and the Moochettes. Urban Gorillas, Moocher and the Moochettes. Okay, Rhonda, what's your style of music that you like? Okay, my style of music is basically right now country and western. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. um, heard other kinds of music, and to me right now that seems to be my place. Why don't you like punk rock? I don't like punk rock for um, a few different reasons, mainly because of the violence that is thought of when you listen to punk rock or the words of the songs and the different kinds of dancing that punk rock has is more of aggressive type and the whole idea is just very aggressive very aggressive okay you're entitled to your feelings keith what kind of music is yeah, yeah like punk rock man mm-hmm. <laughs> hell yeah cool 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 yeah what yeah. Uh, why do you like this music so much keith well, I don't really like the hardcore, you know, like... No. You no, tell him every like friend slam, I had you know, in high school. <laughs> yeah. Most punk music is played overwhelmingly loud. It can literally leave you senseless, and it almost has a kind of drug-like effect. Yet, from what I hear, uh, hardcore punk rockers refuse to use any drugs. And I'm wondering, panel, is that true? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you find that hardcore punkers um, don't use much drugs because the, the, the music itself is too punk? It's so it's a drug itself, in itself. Yeah, yeah. punk hey, is a drug in itself. A few itself. things about that clip: the timing yeah. is so like this. Off. Like, the timing, timing is, is off. everything yeah. for this. Like whether it was like cutting out before that answer, like when Joe Feinstein decides to introduce himself. Like I have a feeling <laughs> yeah. like I have a Joe, valid question: Who is Joe Feinstein? He's a high school teacher. <laughs> he is a high school teacher. <laughs> high school teacher. But like I feel like even at a singles bar, he'd be like punk rock. I've seen beat like and it'd be like hot. 
Hi, I'm Joe Feinstein. <laughs> yeah. I nice want to say you, this. Joe. I didn't agree with Rhonda, the country western fan, <laughs> but I want to give her credit because that was straight up teen talk. She was well, part, that was teen talk. You're, that you're entitled doing. to your opinion. The title isn't agree with me. The title is teen talk. She I was a teen a, and she was talking. I, I have a hunch about Rhonda. Oh yeah. <laughs> The um, mullet head, the mullet head woman who likes country western. Yeah, I, I bet I, I have the same hunch. I don't mean to be like. I feel like she's retarded. Like, oh, <laughs> I feel okay. like she has a like functionally low IQ. <laughs> I don't mean to use the R word, but I mean, I mean it. I don't know where you're not part of this. I, I w- like just because we don't look intimidating. I will come down there like Cheetah Chrome from the Dead Boys and like bang this microphone in your face. It will get punk rock. And I'll shit like GGL and I'll shit my spanks. <laughs> and that, and I'll tell your girlfriend I love her like Dr. Frank from the Mr. T Experience. Yeah. Because I like that pussy punk rock. <laughs> We're, we will have none of that uh, on this uh, program. All right, the next thing I want to show is, uh, is, is very famous. It is the Sex Pistols on Bill Grundy. Have some, some people seen this? Do you guys know what this is? Basically, the Sex Pistols, uh, when they first became a band, were on essentially the BBC's uh, version of the Today Show, and um, it did not go as predicted. Uh, let's take a look. A punk rockers. The new craze, they tell me. Turn it up. Turn that up. Heroes, not the nice, clean Rolling Stones. You see, they are as drunk as I am. They are clean by comparison. They are a group called the Sex Pistols, and I'm surrounded now by all of them. Just let us see the Sex Pistols in action. I am told that that group have received forty thousand pounds from a record company. Doesn't that seem uh, to be slightly opposed to their? Anti-materialistic view of life? Uh, oh. More to marry her. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, tell me more about you it. You fucking spent it, haven't we? I don't know, have you? Yeah, yeah. it's all gone. Really? Down yep. Forty. Really? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Now, oh, I want gosh. to know one thing. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Or are you just making, no, trying to make gone. me laugh? Go on. Really? Yeah. No, but I mean about what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You are serious? Mm. Beethoven... Mozart, Bach and Browns have all died. Really? What what, what are we saying, sir? Wonderful people. Are they? Yes, they really turn us on. But they do. Well, suppose they turn other people on. That's just their tough fit. It's what? Nothing, a rude word. Next question. No, no. What was the rude word? Shit. Was it really? Good heavens, you've rightly lit it down. What about you girls behind? Are you, uh. Your granddad. Are you worried or are you just enjoying yourself? Enjoying myself. Are you? Yeah. Ah, so that's what you were doing. I always wanted to meet you. Did you really? Yeah. We'll meet afterwards, shall we? <laughs> yeah. You dirty yeah. son. You dirty old man. Well, keep going, Chief. Keep going. <laughs> Go on, you've got another five you seconds. Di- Say something outrageous. You dirty bastard. Go on, again. <laughs> you dirty fucker. What a clever boy. What a yeah. fucking rotter. Well, that's it for tonight. The other rocker, Abel, and I'm saying nothing else about him, will be back tomorrow. I'll be seeing you soon. I hope I'm not seeing you again. From me, though, good night. I kept expecting him to report on, like, who found the golden ticket. Like, every time I see... This would never happen today. It just wouldn't carry the same punch if, like, LMFAO went on Jay Leno and were like, you're a fucking rotter. It just wouldn't mean anything. Or, like, Kathy Lee and Hoda. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like breakfast TV, yeah? Yeah, breakfast TV. And, and this caused, like, 
a, a national scandal. Like, the Sex Pistols documentary is called The Filth and the Fury. After the headline of the Daily Mirror, the next day after this, there's one guy who apparently got so angry he kicked his TV set down. Okay. Like, he put his foot through a TV set. It's pretty Thereby tame. accidentally contributing to the punk violence he was so opposed to. He was so opposed yeah, to punk say, violence that's a pretty that punk he started way to smashing react appliances. To punk rock. Yeah. I hated that appearance on TV, so I learned three chords on a guitar. <laughs> I learned three chords on a guitar, and I booked the fucking VFW Hall in Clifton, New Jersey. And me and Big Wig and Humble Beginnings are gonna. <laughs> That's how much I hate those punks. They also did an entourage like nobody else. I oh, mean, awesome. it was so cool. Like, and, it, and it's funny because you see like punk and disco, and like in some way they're just like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Like, disco had entourages up the wazoo. Yeah, and, it ju- was and a- just as much uh, use of like uh, mandrex or quaaludes. It was, you know. And makeup and costume. I mean, yeah. it's all pretty flashy. It's really funny that like. Like punks and disco didn't get along, but then there's this great interview in one of the uh, punk documentaries with Legs McNeil, who's the guy who wrote "Please Kill Me." He's the guy who founded the uh, the, the name Punk Magazine, and uh, he even admits now, like, I don't know, we were really hard on disco. It's kind of cool. It's kind of the same more, shit more. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So I, a I porn like- star sang that song, and she barely got it out. She's like, <laughs> more, more, oh, need a break. <laughs> You're like, what? That's the third lyric. Um, but but no, at the, at the time, like when the Sex Pistols went on tour, disco and punk did not mix. I'm actually this next clip is a bunch of footage uh, from Sex Pistols fans uh, from their only American tour. It's from a movie called DOA: A Rite of Passage. And uh, just wait until you get to the guy. Jake, where with, do you get all these videos? For, uh, I'm I have a sad life. Uh, no, the, the, this is like pre-internet for Jake. Like you've been collecting this, this stuff since this. This actually comes from uh, a VHS tape that I have. Uh, but all these clips are available on YouTube. You just have to know what to type in and search. Yeah. Uh, so wait until you get to the guy who has tape on his face in the shape of an X. Hell yeah. <laughs> tape face. I'm going to call him Tape Face. <laughs> worth all the money we paid and all the trouble we went through to get out here. Fuck no, they're garbage, man. They're garbage. Hell I like yeah. it for me, but I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody. <laughs> all I can say is, it was a vicious, rotten thing to do. I've been living in Italy, and I feel like I really missed this whole movement. I think I heard one time that they urinate on the audience one time. Why, I don't know. It just sounds goofy. Because it's fucking cool. That's why you pee on the audience. It's cool to do that. I think they got a lot of balls. It's about time we got some street fighting men here in America. It's about time we got someone to rile the people up. I would leave Better that. than homework. It's better than a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes it's kind of boring in itself, but it's something to do. You've got to be a Sex Pistols holster. I think it was great. It was uh, short and sweet. The way I like it. Uh, very loud. Roman Polanski. Very energetic and uh, very he does nice. Like when I saw Johnny Rotten's face, I thought I vomited. He's so beautiful. Sex Pistols are using news the best way possible. I admire them for it because they've been up. They've been. They've been factory workers. They'd grow up and do nothing unless they would uh, use the news and use the media to make something of themselves. And that's finally what they're doing, and they deserve it. Y'all are taking pictures of people. They're doing things that normally doesn't happen, but you're making a big thing out of it. Well, that's and that's what the Sex Pistols the are using. Those guys can't sing the worth of shit. 
I'm really into it and into the punk rock scene. And they moved me. They made me shake more than I've ever shook before. And that's what the what makes them the best. <laughs> He's not even going to address the situation. What are they singing? Who cares what they're singing? They're singing. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Get out of here. What, what are they saying? Who, who, it isn't what they sing. Get out of here. Yeah, what are they saying? They sing. Get out of here. Get out. Get. I don't want to mess any cameras up. I don't want any trouble. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that wow. Guy awesome. That guy. Tape face. That man. guy. That guy's the best. That guy is the best, right? Like, who is that guy? Uh, <laughs> it's a guy from Fame. It Somebody also said, like, seems like a deleted scene from Pink Flamingo. He's like, get out of here! <laughs> it's so funny to see, like, the, it's like heavy metal parking lot for, like, this yes. particular, you know, moment in time when everyone looked like a pederast <laughs> and everyone kind of was a little bit perverted, It was right? a different time. It was an appropriate thing to take a girl in Jack Nicholson's hot tub <laughs> and put her, give her champagne and quaaludes. Kind yeah. of, even if you it's weren't famous. It's like you dressed up like I'm just saying like it's not a coincidence that all these people look like perverts yeah and but especially the guy who dresses up like Groucho Marx kind of yeah like Him, oh. who was the fucking movie reviewer um, Gene Siskel <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, no, no. Shallot, Oh, yeah. Uh, Sex more? Pistols are playing tonight. I better get out my old Marx Brothers costume. I was going to say, who's more punk rock, Gene Shallot or Groucho Marx? Great question. Great question. Groucho Marx, right? Groucho. I feel like it's Groucho. Groucho, uh, definitely. I, yeah. I think, uh, Groucho took acid. He did. Oh, uh, like a skidoo. Yeah, every, but like he, it was legal then, though. Was that punk rock or was that just what people were doing? I think that was just pharmaceutical LSD was yeah. a thing that you you did if you were in Hollywood and were in therapy. So if Groucho, I wish that was still the case. Groucho was right. Groucho was the front man of a four piece unit. Yeah, I was going back. I'm going back to Groucho being punk. Yeah, he's the front man. Well, I always feel like the he Marx Brothers are like the Beastie <laughs> Boys. I feel like they're like the Beastie Boys, the Marx Brothers. Yeah. The three of them, they're like wiseacres. They would like show up naked in hotel lobbies. And but if but if Groucho is punk, then what is Gene Salat? Prague. <laughs> yeah, Jake, how did you discover punk rock? I discovered punk rock. Um, Via the Ramones, for sure. And I discovered the Ramones via a movie called Times Square, which we're going to talk about later. I'm right. very And they're excited. still your favorite group. The Ramones? Yeah. Who's better? Who's better than the Ramones? No, Has there been right. a band that's Let's been better than the Ramones? Let's applaud, everybody. Let's applaud for that. With a all louder, due respect maybe. to Lana Del Rey, <laughs> the Ramones are still pretty great. Um, sometimes punk rock would show up on television, uh, particularly uh, in, in the early 80s, on uh, your your procedural shows. Uh, let's take a look at this. L.A. Coroner Quincy says punk rock contributed to Team Death. Whoever killed that boy was listening to words that literally cried out for money. I won't forget Zach. I loved him. You stabbed him. It's not possible. We have a warrant for arrest. You're the killer. Your whole sick society. Who persuade a kid to act like that? Maybe the greatest persuader there is. Music. You're not really saying that music can kill, are you? The music I heard said that life was cheap and that murder and suicide was okay. This is where Quincy goes and tries to reason with the punk rockers. Thank you. Now, many of you know Abigail Garvin, and all of you know that the police are looking for in connection with a murder that happened right here in front of this stage. Now, all the charges against her have been dropped. She's innocent. If she comes back, nothing will be done to her. Why should we believe you? If I knew who that girl was, I sure as hell wouldn't tell a cop. 
Because that's all you are, man. It's a dog without a uniform. I don't care what kind of names you call me. I'm only interested in helping Abby. This is right out of a John Wayne movie. <laughs> Look, we have reason to believe that she's with Zach's real murderer, Molly Howard, and Molly is trying to push her into a codeine overdose. So please, if you have any information. This doesn't sound That's like a complicated crock, Mr. Dean, overdose? All zombie killers! You're the killers! Your whole sick society! That's who's guilty, man! We're just your lousy scapegoat! Besides, man, who the hell cares? The apathy. Who the hell cares? Dia, Dia de Muerte has I'll, a point. I'll tell you who cares. Maybe this guy coming up cares a little bit. You guys, do you think he cares? Ah! He's definitely going to go talk to Quincy later. <laughs> Why can't, uh, you, you know, you don't see uh, dubstep on Law & Order these days. I'm just saying. It's like that episode of Dragnet where they discovered LSD and they had to like, it's like Paula Tompkins has a whole act about like, go ask Alice how it's like old guys at typewriters figuring out like what teenager, like what makes them tick. First of all, how they talk and basically what their deal is. It's so funny because it's like 1981 Los Angeles, black flags, playing shows. uh, And then across town is the writer's room for Quincy. It might as well. And it couldn't be a further distance. It might as well have been in Australia. Yeah. You grew up in the city. I grew up in the suburbs. So you were like around. You would like see people and understand what punk rock was. Like I was a, a suburban kid. That's what I thought it was. And I still was like, I'm on their side, man. (laughs) Fuck Quincy, man. This Quincy trying to harsh everybody's buzz, man. The fuck off the stage, man. Nobody wants you there, Quincy. It's also funny, like, whenever goths are in the mix, because Uh, there are some, clearly those were some goths. There was a baseball fury from the Warriors there. (laughs) Dude, that is something I miss about punk rock genuinely, though, is that when you used to be able to go see shows, and it it would be like, Two hardcore bands, a ska band, yeah. the lightest punk, pop punk band you ever saw, and then like a fucking weird industrial band, and that, all on the same bill, and it looked like that in the room. Uh, yeah. Well, you have the Beastie Boys, who started out as a, uh, a hardcore band in New York City, and then sort of as a bit, started doing hip-hop, and uh, got very, very successful with it, and then still would do hardcore stuff, but they became a hip-hop band. And this next clip involves um, the Beastie Boys, uh, and a discussion about them. Oh, shit. Jake Fogan has... Good job curating, Jake. We're going to listen to now some, uh, to some lyrics by the Beastie Boys. The Beastie oh. Boys. Here, here, here it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if this is just a serious generation gap we're going through. Uh, some of those other lyrics say, I'll take no slack because I got the knack. I'm never dusting out because I trust that crack. You wanted to say what? I wanted to talk about, this is an example of the change in content and why parents and other people are, cons- are concerned. Mm-hmm. They say white parents. Oh, they not gosh. only make references to oral sex, oh, invite gosh. the young kids. They're, admittedly, they've got 13-year-old girls basically as their fans to come onto the stage and have oral sex with their road crew. They have a 20-foot inflatable... Mr. Bean does not like that idea. Page ...and they take her <laughs> Mr. Top Bean's off not and put their mouths on her breasts. This is in their concert act. There have been news stories about this around the country because people in the communities had no 
forewarning, and they were taking their 9 and 10, 11 year old kids to this concert. Uh, They're not the only ones. They're I hear they come out and they say, uh, How the four letter word are you? Yes, Gang, yeah. of course. A lot of profanity, a lot of references to sexuality, inviting the young kids, inviting the teenage you girls in the audience to bear their breasts. I mean, the I can't Beastie believe no one ever found a sex outrageous tape act. I mean, I don't think that any kid in America looks at them and listens to what they're saying and says, you know, writes it down and says, I'm going to do what they say. They are a joke. Well, the, the, lyrics, the lyrics flashed on the screen were obviously social satire, and Joe I would interpret it as making fun of idiots who would use crack. Yeah. A lot of the language is the same thing I would have seen in country western songs. Yeah. Again, if I'd just seen the words on a piece of paper, I might have thought, hmm, could this be country? Could this be hard rock? See, could this be the Beastie we can't Boys? Yeah. The Beastie Boys are the most and tight this guy. in rock and roll by their own admission. Oh, that is, their act. Yeah. That is what they sell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how can we confirm Tasteless and proud of it, yes. A absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's almost impossible to raise Christian children in an X-rated society because we cannot be educated if we do not know uh, what is on the cassette. I bought my daughter a cassette last year for Christmas, and a friend of mine saw it, and she said, I can't believe you bought this for your daughter. What album was it? Uh, it was something, I think, by Madonna or Prince or one of those. I had no idea what the words were on it. Madam, has she seriously damaged your daughter? <laughs> People like put like types of music like they immediately associate with the bad lyrics and stuff you know but I mean you're buying a record you're buying it for this music I mean like just it happens that the stuff I listen to has like gloomy doomy lyrics but I mean if Lionel Richie puts a song about a, about necrophilia I'm not gonna go buy his record just I mean. if Lionel Richie yeah. puts out a song about necrophilia I would totally I would buy, buy that the shit out of that record. 10 seconds I would yeah. buy it twice on I'd gift yeah. it yeah. I wouldn't even do Spotify I'd throw out all my other records <laughs> And that would just play on a loop. Yeah. Um, so that is, you know, Jello Biafra had a, a lot of problems uh, with the PMRC, uh, which was Tipper Gore and a bunch of Washington housewives got together and they were uh, the, the parental advisory explicit lyrics uh, sticker that's on all of our records today. And some cool people's T-shirts, to cool be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those exist today because of uh, of Tipper Gore and the PRC. This was a huge... There were Senate hearings about this, which featured Frank Zappa and John Denver uh, together in the same room. Together at last. Um, what's, I, I got really nostalgic for seeing... Because I grew up with like Donahue and like yeah. the four o'clock shows, Dally Jesse and like... The, seeing the lyrics in that font and having like a daytime host read them is such a specific trope of that. <laughs> like whether it's hip hop, whether it's punk rock, whether it's anything. I mean, there's just always been somebody there. to. And then I'm like, who is doing that now? Bethany Frankel? I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch that hour. I guess Ellen DeGeneres. But she's not. That's not really her gig. And you have to assume that when the Beastie Boys saw Oprah reading their lyrics, that was like the greatest fucking moment. Of their Giggled life, right? their balls off. I'm sure. Like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, especially them. You know that was still the we're running around with a shopping cart full of beer, uh, and they did have a high. They did have a giant hydraulic penis on stage. That happened, but no thirteen-year-old girls. That's just insanity. That was like this is the height of the uh, satanic panic as well. You know where uh, kids were listening to records backwards because uh, the, the devil put stuff. Well, in it them. has a lot to do with the eighties fifties thing. Yeah, like how in the eighties people really wanted to turn back the clock and like skip Vietnam completely, <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with like rock and roll is the devil's music and you're like haven't we been through this <laughs> we've already like discovered disco we've made yeah. lsd illegal we're in a good place reagan is president this is not a threat and yet <laughs> it, it really seemed to culturally be that way um the the next thing that we have 
is uh, is a commercial for a, a very hardcore punk rock compilation. And um, each song in this compilation gets more punk than the next as it yeah, goes on. I've seen this one. I like this one. Yeah, it's very punk stuff. Very punk. What really makes us mad? <laughs> Wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Talk about punk. Yeah, we got this CD called Punk. It's loaded with our favorite tunes, man. Yeah. Just listen. This is real. This is not a kids in the hall sketch. This punk CD has 36 tunes, man, and I'm telling you, they're all great. Yeah. You also get Huey Lewis in the news. Oh my God. Romantics. And the fix. this CD by calling this 800 number, man. Yeah. So call now. of these great songs on two CDs for only $26.95. Or two cassette tapes for just $21.95. Here's how to order. To order punk, call the number on your screen. Or send <laughs> the number doesn't work anymore, you guys. CDs or <laughs> in case you want to order it. Shipping and handling to the address the box is still valid. I love is available. that girl. Remember, this special I love offer that, like, is not sold in stores. Like her line was like, yeah. yeah. And that yeah, she was chewing time. gum. And you know that there was like an exchange between her and the director. And be like, I'm going to just play this like valley girl. They're like, that's fine. What Do you're doing is fine. What if right in the middle of all those songs, there was just one song by anal cunt that scrolled up? <laughs> just one. Like, you went to see Tishwala in Everclear, You're Gay by Anal Cunt. <laughs> and then the fucking Eurythmics. <laughs> what do you think is the least punk of any of those songs? Oh. It's really hard to choose. The, the Escape Club Wild Wild West. <laughs> I was going to say either. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Or, you know, Human Huey by Lewis. The, Huey yeah. Lewis is the least punk. Well, no, Huey Lewis isn't very punk, but the news are punk as fuck. Yeah. I refuse to say anything disparaging about the cars. No, the cars are the greatest. Well, all those bands are great. I don't think we're not saying they're... There's some great songs on that. Yeah, but they're just not punk. Not one of them's punk. Um, The title of that should have been We Have the Rights to All These Songs. (laughs) That should have been the name of that compilation. Yes. Um, Okay, so you mentioned Donahue, and uh, what we're going to see right now is a a little compilation I put together. Um, The New York hardcore kids were on Donahue at one point, and um, it didn't go well, so then they went on Regis and Kathy Lee to talk about it. So you're going to see some... about Donahue? Yeah, to talk about the Donahue appearance. So you're going to see some stuff... Fanning the flames, Regis and Kathy Lee. (laughs) They were doing recon. You're going to see some clips of Regis and Kathy Lee and some clips of Donahue. Let's take a look. And the coolest girl ever. All right. 
Let me introduce our uh, punk rockers uh, to you today. This is Natalie sitting next to me, born and raised here in New York City, graduated from the Hewitt School for Girls on the Upper East Side, currently a junior at NYU. A boyfriend is the leader of the band Murphy's Law. His name is Jimmy Gestapo. And uh, you just wait. Jimmy's in Astoria right now. Yeah. Uh, next to her is Todd, who is 16 years old, born in New York City, been in the hardcore scene since he was 11 years old. 15 months in reform school, it says here, Todd. Plays guitar for the band The War Zone, a junior high school dropout. Christine, next to him, attending Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, been into the punk scene for six years. She's about 21 years old. <laughs> Ray, one of the more outspoken members of the punk underground here in New York, been in and out of a lot of bands, around 21 years of age. And next to him is Debbie from Canada, left there when she was 13, currently writes a fan magazine for punks. Currently addicted okay, to heroin. Look. Yeah. <laughs> We've all seen, you know, the punks around town. I want to know why, why you chose this lifestyle. Nice Let's pants for each. Why? Why not? No, I mean, other than that. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's into their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's some people are into heavy metal. Some people are into being junior executives. We're into this just because this, this scene gives you the opportunity to be an individual. And you get to say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And if anyone disagrees with you, they can come up to your face and tell you so. Instead but of, you but Debbie, you know when they write about it, the writers always say this was born out of a frustration that uh, you guys had somewhere along the way with yeah. your parents, yeah, with your family, with Superb. How did they know that? Super how did they I don't know. These experts keep writing all these stupid books and having these stupid and talk shows. And making lots of money. Like Phil Donahue had this ridiculous show on. I'm sorry, Phil, but you really blow. <laughs> and uh, all he did was, yeah. all he did was put words in our mouth. He kept talking about the you hate your parents, right? You hate your parents. You're all fascist Nazis, right? Right? And we're like, where are you getting this from, Phil? Is this about being angry at your parents? I'm going to ask this one more time. I know that there's a mixed bag here, and I'm not suggesting you all march like wooden soldiers. But is this what happens when the adult community goes about its task of workaholism? Uh, and doesn't pay much attention to the kids, or is that blame mom for this? And should anybody be blamed at all? Well, he's getting it from the same place we get it from, but, from what we read about. It. Well, where do you read these things? Well, well no, New York no, Magazine for oh Okay, let's God. start with that. that he hates New York Magazine. I spent my whole life hoping a girl who looks like that will date me, and it hasn't happened. It will never happen. This is the writer of the New York Magazine article on Donahue. What troubles you about uh, Peter's story? <laughs> Nothing. I just want to say that I don't know how some dude in the three hundred dollar suit can know what hardcore is about when it comes from your heart, man. Well, I ain't gonna go through the whole article. Did you read the article? Yeah, I read the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What mainly bothered me is that the article seemed to be about two groupies and nothing about nothing. What is this? The Natalie Saga? Why was it Natalie? Why wasn't Murphy's Law or any other bands mentioned? No, it was it was it was like Dynasty, you know? Unless you can't of the hardcore scene. Well, then tell me where it comes from, because it is kind of an eccentric way of life. You know what it is? These people get these ideas. All right, we're going to do this great story on, on this, like, bizarre cult, right? And they go down to bars, and they, they eavesdrop in on conversations, and then they don't even print the whole truth. What they do is pick the most sensational, they you know, stories. Sex, drugs, orgies, you know. Thing. I mean, like, the whole article is supposed to be on the music scene, and he ends up writing about my sex life. Who cares about my sex life? I do. Everybody cares I about Everybody cares about All of us. All of us. Everybody wants to see you, Doc. It's almost all I care about. You are why the suicide girls exist.
Yes. Oh my God. I know. Oh really, all that was about oh, was showing her. I know. Who I know. is she? Very pretty. Who girl. is that? Where is she? I don't know. Dead. No, I don't think so. I don't think that she's dead. I hope she's okay. I think she's way okay. Oh, I think man. she eventually was like, fuck this, and like wrote a book. Yeah. You know? Well, clearly at some point she was like, this scene's played out. I'm going to go be a junior executive. <laughs> scene's played out, man. It's not about the music anymore. It's, it's literally like you would almost expect like Gordon Gecko from Wall Street to be watching that on a little black and white TV in his limo. Totally. And, totally. and being yeah. like, I don't understand this. That's, that's my Yeah, that's my Gordon Gecko impression, apparently. <laughs> A dream. Um, All I want is a girl like that to bed me and then right afterwards be like, you weren't good at that. Like, <laughs> That's like my dream woman. You want her to be mean to you while <laughs> oh, she's bedding God. you Yeah, too. I know. Uh, she can is start that, halfway is through. Is that fucked up? Because I agree with Chris no, about that. No, it's not. It's normal. Oh okay, good. It's normal. Like, I mean, punk girls are a whole thing. That's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole industry. Oh, yeah. they're, no, they're they're great. Like I, I I just I just I think that she had a point when she was talking about that the article is about groupies. Like I was kind of interested in that because there is a lot of shitty machismo stuff that goes on in the punk, like the real punk world, not the yeah. like Donahue version of it. And to put that woman front and center, and obviously she's like a really commanding presence, is great. I just hope that I, I hope her boyfriend's not an asshole. Is I guess what I'm saying. Do Jimmy Gestapo? <laughs> <laughs> he, he seemed like I a guess totally, my hope he seemed totally reasonable. Her, Jimmy Mr. Gestapo Mr. seemed like he had a lot of love to Mr. give. Mr. and Mrs. Gestapo <laughs> are registered at Crate and Barrel <laughs> and uh, Trash and Vaudeville. <laughs> um, uh, this next clip, more Regis. Uh, Regis actually uh, gets along with punks really, really well. Yeah. Look at Dee Dee down here. Yeah, Reed. poor Dee Dee. The last guy on the couch, you know, never really gets to, to participate. Dee Dee, how you doing down there? Very God. jolly. Today. He's robust. Yeah, Dee Dee reminds me of the lady from East Strasburg. <laughs> the same kind of personality. You know. <laughs> You're not related in any way then, right? No. Your parents still living in, uh, in this area? They're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, who parents know your songs. Romance. I want to be sedated in teenage lobotomy. Do you guys write them? Yeah. 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 Can you give me the lyrics to uh, teenage lobotomy? Just talk. Well, talk. Sammy Davis, I think, might have written that one. <laughs> can, can you just give me the first couple of lines of teenage lobotomy? Because I may want to use it at the club banet. <laughs> hey, hey, we, we played there. You did, of yeah. course. Everybody right. plays there except right. Atlanta Symphony. But give me the first couple of lines of teenage lobotomy. DDT did drop on me. Right. DDT did a job on me. Did a I, job on me. Yeah. Now I'm a real sicky. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a real sicky. This is getting good. <laughs> and then what happened? Just, guess guess I'll have to break the news that I have no mind to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Even you got to laugh about it. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> Incidentally, you can tell he's the lead singer because he's the one wearing the spiffy leather pants, and the other guys are in just uh, Levi. <laughs> right. So, Dee you're happy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, that's good. <laughs> He's jolly. He's yeah. a jolly kind of guy. I'm, I'm very happy to the Reds were going to a festival in California, uh, in Europe. We're, we're doing, doing the, the running festival. You guys are big in Europe, I take it. Yeah, we're, we, God, uh, we're like gods. We're like gods, yeah. 25,000 people a night sometimes, and uh, 3,000 people a night over there. Do the girls go crazy over Didi? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's the handsome he's one. The, he's the, the heartthrob. Yeah. You married Didi? Yeah. Ten years. Where's your wife? She's at home right now watching the TV. She's a big fan of yours. She watches every morning. Oh, well, that's nice. We're always up at 9 a.m. Us, the remote. Yeah, sometimes. Well, what? Do you take your wife? Yeah, I took her to California. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, who's more endearing than the Ramones? They're like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> and Laverne and Shirley. There's four Laverne and Shirley. Um, I love that Regis loves Dee Dee so much. <laughs> Dee Dee, who you remember, uh, wrote a song called 53rd and 3rd about um, blowing guys for heroin. But Dee Dee, Regis and Dee Dee are like, I want to see them do a show at the Club Benet together. Me too. Like, it's just wonderful. No, it's great. I mean, they're just so affable. Like, I could watch that all day. Like, Kathy Lee didn't seem to put her two cents in. What would it be like if you, well, I know Marky Ramone just tweeted Julie happy yeah, birthday. that was amazing. That made my day. I just was like picturing, like, you're having Happy the birthday. Po- <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on your podcast, like. Hey Julie, thanks for having I me. I would die. Well, my the my the producer of my podcast, Spoonie, was just like tweeting random celebrities, be like, "Hey, it's my friend Julie's birthday. Yeah, we wish your, her happy birthday." Your friend Spoonie told me to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> Jose can't say go to and take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Ramon did. This is Marky Ramon from the Ramon, and that's how he tweets. It sounds like With, it's- yeah, it's like here's a picture of me in Rome. It's great. I, it's the best. And uh, and he has a spaghetti sauce right now. Um, Mark Hermon's no. spaghetti. The arrabbiata. Yes, he does. It's best with penne, but you can have any kind of noodle. <laughs> I fucking love the Ramones and anyone who doesn't is they're an the asshole. Best. They're the best. Yeah. Well, the great thing about the Ramones is like they're a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yes. I can't believe that they weren't. They're not Looney Tunes. They're not Dizzy. They're not Tom and Jerry. Like they're, you know, sort of like coarsely. They look like the cavemen in Hanna-Barbera. Tom and Jerry are not punk. They're very uh, swing music era. Yeah. Because there was that one episode where Tom has the big stand-up bass and sings, Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. And it's the greatest thing ever. And you put that on Tumblr I and did, you're like, hey, teenagers. Hey, teens. So we're, going, we're saying Hanna-Barbera were the punk cartoons? No, Hanna-Barbera Hanna definitely Barbera punk. Is no, the Josie and the Pussycats. Cartoons. Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw McGraw. Yeah. Quick Draw McGraw used to hit people with guitars. Are you That's fucking true. kidding? Jabberjaw? Jabberjaw. Uh, yeah, it's, um, well, I think we solved that. But then the Archies were a Hanna-Barbera cartoon and they were not punk rock at all. They're power pop. Oh, they are power They're pop. They're power pop. Totally, totally. Um, and then there's Huff, like, Puffin, never mind. HR Puffin stuff? Yeah, that's like prog. That's prog. Yeah, now that's prog rock. <laughs> that is some prog rock stuff. Um, okay. Um, Saturday Night Live booked one yes. punk band once. Uh, um, the best. And what? And this is a hard clip to find, but I have, uh, I have found it. We're going to see. Um, it's a musical performance, and then I'll tell you the story behind it, but... I, I forgot how funny the lyrics are to this song. Uh, so just uh, listen to the lyrics of it and enjoy Fear on Saturday Night Live. I want to remind everyone, this is Saturday Night Live. John Cardo introducing? 
ever been a bigger fuck you to a network television show ever? This is the same studio where they did church chat. Hello, this song is about how much we love you. This is a... We're just kidding. We want to make friends. Anybody got a match? This song is... For every one of you, for every one of you that voted, this is for Republicans and Democrats alike. And it was at this point that they were just like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to commercial. <laughs> no, look, it's just like, you know what, enough. We only let the Foo Fighters do songs. <laughs> yeah, they just, ba- they bail the fuck out. That was great. Where do you find that? Uh, that one I found literally on some weird Russian YouTube kind of website. Yeah. It's like a, it was very hard to find, but... Um, they try to hide that one. They do. It's not on any like uh, DVDs or anything. What it's, season is it? It is the nineteen. It's really interesting uh, story. It's the nineteen eighty one season. Uh, it was after Gene Domanian had taken over the show for thirteen weeks and tanked it. They relaunched it as Saturday Night Live eighty. So they brought in Dick Ebersol to produce the show. Uh, Dick Ebersol was looking for any connection to SNL before it turned awful with Gene Domanian. So John Belushi said, "Look, I'll come on and do the cold open." if you book fear. (laughs) And Ebersol was not in a position to negotiate. So he's like, all right, yeah, okay, we'll book fear. That's fear. Now, the best is that John Belushi, the cold open, is literally him walking out of a bathroom and smirking to the camera. He says nothing. That's it. And uh, yeah, Belushi was like a big punk rock guy. Like, uh, this was at the end in Los Angeles. Kathy Smith... Uh, a lot of cocaine throughout all those old blues records and said, I'm only listening to punk from now on. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, uh, and, and, it, uh, and the interesting thing about it is all of the punks that are, uh, you know... Moshing. Moshing, yes. The slam dancing. Um, they were organized by Ian Mackay of Fugazi. Really? Yeah. And Ian Mackay is somewhere in the midst he of that is? hell. Yes. The, the password to get into Rockefeller Center that night was Ian, Ian Mackay. Mackay. Yes. To the after, after party? No, to, the, to that. They were just like, let's invite some punks up to, uh, you know, hang out and slam dance while fear play. That'll go well. That's he did the show here when we opened exactly. the theater. yes. And was telling us the story backstage. And he was like, yeah, I got a call. And it was like, oh, this is Lauren Michaels' office. Someone wants to speak to you. And I was like, who's Lauren Michaels? Then I picked up the phone, and he was like, I heard a voice go like, Ian, it's, uh, it's John Belushi. What's up, bro? And he was like, not much, man. I don't know you at all. What do you call me for? And then they organized. And Ian told us that the whole, the whole night Rockefeller Center was overrun with DC punks and New York punks 
fist fighting in the hallways yeah, they for don't dominance. like each other security and I, I forget who it was it was like Harley Flanagan or something like it was a Halloween episode like picked up a giant pumpkin and just brained a security guard <laughs> and then really? it was, and then all these punks just like scurried like rats through all of Rockefeller Center and Joe Piscopo is trying to like you know rewrite yeah. a sketch <laughs> He's best. like, Frankie's uh, <laughs> breakfast cereal. I wonder who they booked the week after. Uh, I don't know. I should they find did, out. Like, oh, really I, hiatus. Probably someone from the hit compilation, Punk. <laughs> yeah. Let's get um, some real punk in there. Um, I also like when fear tries to go political, <laughs> as so many punk bands do, by going, this is for the Republicans and the, Republicans and the Democrats. Jake, you should put a compilation of like punk stage banter together. Oh, there's great. a great uh, seven inch that Thurston Moore put out. Um, there was a metal band, Venom, and the seven inch is literally it's none of their music. It's just the stage That's banter brilliant. in between, brilliant. and it's stuff like, "All right, you fucking pretty loud, New Jersey." Uh, the Beastie Boys sample Jeez. it on Check Your Head. That that sample oh, really? where you go, "You wild man, wild." <laughs> That is from the Venom 7-inch. I will find it. Please do. And I will put it on the That's internet. fantastic. Um, this next clip uh, needs absolutely no introduction. Next series of clips. It's been said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and nowhere is that more true than Look in my studio today. Shoulder. Let's meet these artists now, and we'll also meet those who feel their work is nothing but smut. This is Gigi Allen. Yes. <laughs> the most wild punk groups pale in comparison. I don't know if you'll recall this, but he made the news recently, Gigi did, when it was revealed that he relieved himself on stage, live. <laughs> Why, Gigi, did you feel a need to, uh, to defecate in front of a live audience? Well, my body is the rock and roll temple, and my flesh, blood, and body fluids are a communion to the people. Whether they like it or not, I mean, I'm not, not out to please anybody. My, my rock and roll is more not to entertain, but to annihilate. I'm trying to bring danger back into rock and roll, and there are no limits and no laws, and I'll break down every barrier put in front of me till the day I die. But the applause, in case you're curious, is coming from a, a, a Gigi uh, Allen fan club there in the first two rows. Notice the cool mustache on the third guy in on the first row. Get a shot of him? Merle. What's his name? That's my brother Merle. He's my bass Merle. player for the murder Merle. genre. Is it? All right. Great. I love that mustache. He's really a happening, happening guy. Rock musician Gigi Allen sees himself as a savior for America's young people. He says he's training them to carry out a revolution based on destruction and violence. Joining us now are two of his devout followers. Wendy and Liz are both 17. And they say they'd do anything for Gigi Allen. Really? Anything? Yes, I will do anything for Gigi Allen. I will die for him. I will do anything for him. He is my God. He is my daddy, and I will do it all for him. He's your daddy? What's that mean? He is my daddy. He is I've adopted me. her. When she came out and followed me on the road, I told her, I, I showed her more things than her daddy could ever show her. He is my Literally. daddy. And on Father's Day, what did you do, daddy? On Father's Day, my daddy gave me the great gift of letting me watch him masturbate, and I got in his mouth, and it was the greatest father-daughter experience I've ever had in my life. You got nothing to say, when Jenny Jones? To my show, I'm going to give them the hard lesson of life. If you get raped at my show, you're probably better off for it. <laughs> you said, way to go. Stand up. You, you think it's a great idea that he rapes people at his concert? 
That's not a great idea, but if you go to one of his shows, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. I've been there. I know what it's how like. How can you, you, because you, I just stood here, you, I saw you here, and you were kind of applauding and, and laughing along, and you think that his message is a good idea, that it's perfectly okay, it's a perfectly okay to take a woman out of the audience and rape her. <laughs> Dude, you know that guy watched that episode and was like, why the fuck did I stand up? <laughs> Why did I fucking stand up, He's man? Like he really got me in a corner. What, how, how did this shit fly? You know what I mean? Like, oh, did man. anybody go? Come on, you're not. None of this is real. Like, this was shocking when this was on television. People were like freaked out by this. Uh, it's wrestling. It's, I know it really is, and it's it's gayer somehow. <laughs> like I I watched the, the the Gigi Allen documentary Hated recently for the first time, and I was like, this is all. Like this is standard fare it's like P-Town century- at Bear Week like oh I'm gonna have somebody piss in my mouth you're like welcome to Thursday <laughs> yeah 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 it's you not know? Like, like like for some reason in like the straight like conversation this yeah. guy's like crazy whereas like I have friends that are going to P-Town this weekend and they're gonna be doing that stuff before <laughs> Thank noon Thank you. you know I love also that the director of Hated the Gigi Allen documentary oh, yeah. is Todd Phillips yeah, did director trip. of The Hangover sure I, it just it just seems it's sort of like the same kind of like that just dudes being crazy like yeah. it's that well, kind of movie. What's also great about that the fact that like Gigi did the rounds in terms of daytime television. Yeah. Like usually daytime television can be really reductive, but they pretty much got it right when it came to like <laughs> what his deal was and what he was into. Like they pretty much like that was like everybody was on the same page. But just but just there's another later in that episode. It's the Jane Whitley show. I don't know who that is. I don't remember her talk show uh, but later in the episode the one of the uh, uh, parents comes out of those two girls and is like hey knock it off sure what are you doing and I'm kind of you know what I'm a little older now yeah. I, I kind of side with the dad like yeah. yeah don't don't go out on tour with Gigi Allen no just don't <laughs> no don't do it ideally um, no <laughs> Or maybe like Gigi, but not Merle. Like there's something way darker about Merle, his brother with the Hitler mustache and the bozo sideburns. Like Merle's still alive, and that's how, troubling. How proud is Gigi of his brother in that clip when Harold's like, "Oh, that guy with those—that's my brother, Merle." Gee, my brother once went to a Merle Haggard and the Murder Junkies concert in Philadelphia. Merle Allen. Uh, Merle, Merle Allen, Haggard. sorry. That would have been Merle awesome. Haggard. Though. Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard the like junkies. fronted the Murder Junkies oh God, after Gigi died. Merle Allen, Merle Allen. That would be amazing. Oh, God, that would. Oh, be, wait, your brother sorry. went to a Merle and the, Mur- and the Murder Junkies, and there was, it was this venue in Philly, and there was also a battle royal going on, like a wrestling battle royal <laughs> wrestlers, and a riot fucking broke out. Obviously. People were sm- hitting each other with like fluorescent light bulbs. Like punks were fighting pro wrestlers. There's blood everywhere, and it wasn't like part of the wrestling. Like a riot broke out. My brother ran to the very top of the bleachers and just put his back against the wall because he's like, now no one can sneak up on me, and I can just wait till this dies down. From across the room, he saw Merle just still sitting at his drum set, putting a drumstick in and out of his asshole, just <laughs> watching the whole thing, just watching everybody fight while he fucked himself with his own drumstick. <laughs> The guy's for real. That's why I don't know why you guys are like, yeah, you see that stuff in P-Town, man. I think Gigi Allen was pretty fucking weird myself, man. I think Gigi Allen was a pretty fucking dark individual, personally. Uh, That's fucking secrets, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Gethard, Julie Clouser. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. This This has been the best. There it is, the first episode 
of the Fogelnest Files. Hey, if you enjoyed it and you're listening through uh, Earwolf Presents, go over and subscribe on iTunes at the Fogelnest Files. You just type in the Fogelnest Files in iTunes, it'll pop right up. You guys know how the internet works. I don't need to explain that to you. And I'm told that if you rate and subscribe the podcast, that that's good for the war on terror. It's good for America. Remember, you can actually see all the uh, the clips that we played on this episode by going to Earwolf.com. I do want to tell you to follow at uh, Julie Klausner on Twitter, at Chris Gethard on Twitter, JulieKlausner.com, TheChrisGethardShow.com, and me, I'm at Jake Fogelmust and JakeFogelmust.com. There's everybody's internet stuff. Hey, you want to come see the next episode of The Fogelmust Files? We're going to be doing it at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles. We're doing it every month. The next taping is Thursday, August 30th, 2012, 9.30 p.m. You can get tickets by going to ucbtheater.com. One of our guests, Mayor of Podcasting, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Thank you so much for listening. This is going to be fun. We'll do this once a month here on Earwolf. This is Jake Fogelman saying, Seacrest, out. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Ackerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que nos está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. O donde sea. Spanish Aki Presents. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.